so let's get right into it this morning. I know I have you until uh, I, we have lunch, so I don't have to get in a hurry this morning. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, I should have brought a sandwich. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, we're in a series uh, right now entitled Foolproof. And uh, this whole series is about learning how to walk in wisdom on, our, on, on a daily basis. Uh, we kicked it off last week, and, and uh, my message last week was everybody plays the fool sometimes. No exception to the rule. <laughs> uh, not to break out in that song, but, uh, but uh, anyway, so today we're going to be talking about walking in wisdom. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, most of us know it well. I'll, put my, uh, I'll, I'll read it in case I quote it wrong. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Isn't that great? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct your steps, your paths. May the Lord add his blessing to his word this morning. Uh, one last thing before I start. <laughs> Uh, we've got a crew out there getting everything ready for lunch and stuff. Say thank you to them. You know, they're missing service this morning to make sure lunch is ready to go. And, and I, I appreciate people that are willing to work and to serve. And uh, if you hadn't found a place yet, come see me and I'll get you in a place. Uh, so anyway, let's get right into it this morning. Um, live, uh, foolproof, we're talking about living in wisdom. And this morning we're going to talk, how many's ever made a foolish choice? <laughs> How many has ever suffered the consequences of that choice? Yeah, so, so again, I think most of us understand that. While, while we're all prone to foolishness from time to time, here's what I want to tell you. Foolishness is dangerous. Don't, don't underestimate foolishness. You know, we, 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 we have this thing like, well, that, people are just silly. Yeah, they are, but you've got to be careful because foolishness, remember, foolishness is, is, is not intellectual. It's a determination to be stubborn. Foolishness is a very dangerous thing. Last week, we looked at three prominent areas where all of us are inclined to act a little bit foolish, uh, uh, a little foolishly. And number one, it was our, remember, we, we talked about our walk, we talked about our work, and we talked about our speech or our talk. So my message this morning, again, building on it, every week we're going to build on it, and every week there's going to be a lot of scripture because, again, this is about proverbial wisdom of God. My message this morning, again, is about making wise decisions. I, I think it's important that we, because we live in a world of confusion, that we know how to make rational, wise decisions. Because I believe that we are a product of the decisions that we have made previously. So I will be tomorrow what I decide today. Amen? So, so a lot of people today, we are where we are. We are the sum total of the decisions that we have made. And, and I think it's important that we recognize how, important, how, how, how wisdom will bring great benefits to us. Now, as I stated, uh, God has given us his word that is filled with eternal truths upon which you and I can build our lives. If you want to talk about, if you're going to build a house, you better not, I mean, there are a lot of people that, that know how to cut corners, right? I mean, they're, they're builders that are notorious for cutting corners. You know, I can remember the day when they put plywood as the sheathing on houses. Now they use some press... OSB or, or cardboard. 
Right. I mean, I, so, so I, I mean, I'm just saying that we, we know how to cut corners. But I, I'm telling you that there's one place you don't want to cut corners. That's the foundation. I could take you right now. It's still, a, it's still problematic. When I was an inspector in the city of Irving, there was a place, North Beltline Road, up close to Northgate, if you know anybody, anything about that area, that is, that is known for so, soil shifting. And there are, there, at, that, at my time, when I was there back in the, in the uh, early 90s, uh, mid-90s, there, there were townhome developments that were major dollars that, are, that at that time are unlivable or were unlivable because the soil began to shift and they had severe foundation issues. Listen, there's one place you should never skimp on, in building, and that is the foundation. And it's the same thing with our spiritual lives. If we're going to build a godly, wise life, we have to lay the foundation on God's Word. That is the foundation. And so, um, again, wisdom is following God's ways. Foolishness is thinking that I'm smart enough to plot my own course. Amen? So, so let me ask you this question. Do you, do you have any idea what the most expensive thing in the world is right now? I, was, uh, I did a quick search, Google. Google knows everything, right? And uh, here's what I found out. Here's what I discovered, that the most expensive thing, thing right now is the history supreme super yacht, okay, boat. It is currently valued at $5 billion. That's with a B, $5 billion. Now, now here's the thing about that, that, that yacht, that boat, is that it is not the largest yacht on the ocean. It is because they use some of the most luxurious items to build that boat. And again, it's second to none in its value, $500 billion. In fact, Amazon owner Jeff Bezos, or Bezos, whatever you say, uh, he has a yacht that is much bigger, but it was only worth $5 million, $500 million only. Don't you feel bad for him? Did you ever wonder why they have a smile on that truck every time they leave your door? And so he could get a $500 million yacht. <laughs> that's, that, that's why. You know, you, know, it's a, you, know, you know you shop too much when you're on personal name basis with your delivery guy. I saw, I, so again, I'm looking through this and I, I find a, I saw a gold-plated Bugatti. Okay, so if anybody knows what a Bugatti is, it's a luxurious sports car. It was a gold-plated, gold-plated now, car worth $12 million. And then, of course, you've got some of the art, you know, like the Picassos and Van Goghs and things like that, that value somewhere up in the $200 million range. But, but can I tell you, again, as ludicrous as that is to talk about how expensive things are, you know what the mo most expensive thing of all is? Ignorance. Ignorance. You know, we hear people say all the time, well, what you don't know won't hurt you. Nonsense. Especially when it comes to, to spiritual matters. What you don't know spiritually will absolutely hurt you. Uh, you know, it costs us. And, and so ignorance is the most expensive thing of all. That's why it's important that we seek out godly wisdom, that we learn how to make decisions not in the haste of the moment, but based on contemplation with God's Word. It's important that we do that. You know, God's Word contains uh, wisdom for daily living. I said it last week. There should never be a place in our life where we, we wrestle with not knowing what to do because God's Word has weighed in on the wisdom of how to live in these confusing times. Now, again, we're we are encouraged to pursue wisdom at all costs. 
You know, that's why I'm doing this series today is because we live at a time when confusion is the order of the day. Isn't that, isn't that the truth? We live in a confused world. I, again, I don't mean anything. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon, but I mean, today we've got, we've got people that, that don't know what, what they are. Him, him, him her, they, they I, whatever. I even lose track of all. And again, I'm not, I don't mean to be, uh, I, I'm not being denigrating at all, but I mean, when we can't figure out what bathroom to go in, we, we live in a society that is overwhelmed with confusion. Our children are growing up in a time of great confusion. And it, it, again, I know it hits all of us personally. It hits us, you know, because we struggle. We have, we have loved ones that have been confused. We've got friends and acquaintances that are confused. And, and quite frankly, we're confused as to how to help them. It's very confusing today. And, and so that's why I'm doing this series, because God has weighed in on the issues of life and how that you and I can make uh, wisdom. We can live in wisdom. God's wisdom will prevent us from falling into foolishness. One writer put it like this, and I thought this was a great way to sum it up. One writer said this about wisdom. He said, a wise man can see more from the bottom of a well than a fool can from the top of a mountain. That's pretty cool. A wise man can see more from the bottom of a well than a foolish man can from the top of a mountain. There was a lady driving through Colorado when she drove into a blizzard, and she was completely lost and scared. And just at that moment when fear was gripping her because of this blizzard, she caught a glimpse of a snowplow. And she thought to herself, she said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to jump in behind this snowplow. She saw it as her savior. I'm going to jump in behind this snowplow, and I'm just going to get as close as possible, and I'm going to follow that snowplow plow until I get to my destination. And so she did. There were times when it was a little iffy. She was losing sight of the snowplow, but she locked in behind that snowplow and followed it wherever uh, it went. And finally, the driver of the snowplow pulled over for a moment, walked back to her, and he said, he said, lady, where are you going? She said, well, I'm on my way to Denver. He looked at her. He said, well, ma'am, you'll never get there. Follow me. I'm plowing a parking lot. <laughs> See, that, that's, that's the foolishness of trying to determine our own steps. The Bible says it's not within himself, it is not within a man to decide how to live his life. That's my paraphrase. But, it, but I'm not smart enough to determine my steps. I'm not smart enough to determine my outcomes. And so I have to tap into the wisdom of God. Now, again, to navigate these confusing times, we have to anchor in the eternal truths of God's Word. You know, one of the reasons that Jesus... Uh, speaking to the disciples, he said, you know, it's necessary that I go away. You remember why? He said, because if I don't go away, then the comforter won't come. And so Jesus is telling him, look, I've got to go because when I leave, the Holy Spirit will come. Now, one of the present ministries of the Holy Spirit is to guide us into his truth. Right? Amen? One of the responsibilities and ministries presently of the Holy Spirit is to guide us and lead us into God's truth, because God wants to lead us throughout our lifetime. It's not just about Sunday go to meeting. It's about every day of our lives. God wants to guide us and direct our steps. He has given us his word and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit to lead us along that narrow path. Remember, the Bible says, few there be that find it. You know, it's not like we were born again. We become a Christian and God kind of pats us on the back and says, okay, good luck. <laughs> it's the fact that 
Not only are we born again, but he says, okay, now let me walk with you through the Holy Spirit. He accompanies us. He walks with us. That, that's, that's one of the things that sets Christianity apart from so many other world religions. You know, foolishness is trying to navigate life on our own. Foolishness is trying to determine the best course of action when we have no idea what tomorrow holds. I know, I know most of us has, has struggled at times with discerning what God's will is. I, I was telling the early service this morning, you know, I get asked periodically, Pastor, how do, you, how do you know when you're making a godly decision? All I can tell you is from personal experience. Here's, the way I, here, here's how I approach things. I, the Bible says, let the peace of God rule in your heart and your mind. So, so if, I'm, if I'm struggling with a decision, I pray for God's peace, and then I jump where I have peace, okay? I, I really believe that's important because he promised to guide me. You know, referring to God's wisdom, okay, God's wisdom, Proverbs 6.22, here's the way it reads. When you walk, talking about God's wisdom, it says, when you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will teach you. When you awake, they will speak to you. So God... So the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, is saying that the wisdom of God will, will guide us along the way. It will be with us when we sleep. That's where the Deuteronomy uh, talks about uh, that we're not to depart from it, but we're to meditate on it day and night. Pro, uh, Psalm chapter 1 talks about uh, being blessed by keeping the Word of God, meditating on it day and night. You know, God's Word guides us, it protects us, and it speaks to us. And if we're not partaking of this, we're missing out on something. I mentioned it last week, and I'll say it again. I think one of the great practices that you and I can do right now that will help us in the long run is that if you do your devotions in the morning, get in the book of Proverbs. You, maybe you're reading in John or Corinthian letters or something like that. Add a proverb to it. Read a chapter in Proverbs because it is daily wisdom. It is important that we get the Word of God uh, in, in our heart. The Bible has already given us direction. That's why the psalmist said his word is a, it's a what? It's a lamp unto our feet, and it's a light unto our path. You know, one of the hindrances to making wise choices is because a lot of people believe they have to have 100% certainty before they make a decision. How many know that that's pretty rare? That's pretty rare. I, I don't know that I've ever made a decision in my life uh, since I came back to the Lord in 85 that I've not struggled with it at some point. Again, I was telling the early service, when I, when I started pastoring here, I was what they call bivocational. I was a health inspector for the city of Irving and, and pastoring this church. And, and uh, so I did that for about three, four years. And it came time to where I needed to either pastor the church full time or quit and pursue my civil career. I had a great job, had great benefits, had great upward mobility. Uh, and, and so I'm torn. I, I struggle. I honestly, I'll be honest, I struggled with it. Because here's what happened, and I've shared this with you before, but, but here's, here's the quandary that I was in. Because when I started thinking about seriously quitting the job that had all these wonderful benefits and upward mobility, and, and again, it would have been a great, great uh, career, I have this little devil that pops up on my shoulder. Anybody remember the old cartoons? I had this little devil pop up on my shoulder, said, you're an idiot if you do this. You, you, you're really going to make a dumb decision because you know all you got to do is get up one Sunday morning and say the wrong thing, and half the people are going to leave you. Now, again, that, that's the sad reality of the fickleness of people today. Easily get offended, right? Wear our feelings on our shoulders. Oh, I'm just not going back then. 
And, and we live that way. And he said, you're, you're an idiot if you do this. But here's what I had on the other side. The Spirit said, trust me. Trust me. That was hard. That was hard. But I prayed and God gave me peace. And, and you know what I decided, right? Yeah, I, yeah, everybody like, what did you decide? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> trust, trusting God. You know, again, if, if we're not careful, we can become paralyzed by indecisiveness. We sit there, it's kind of like the, the dog that wandered out on a football field. There were two, uh, two competitive teams that were playing a collegiate level football and they were, uh, they were rivalries, and the dog runs out on the field, and now you've got 80,000 people whistling at this dog. That dog sits there in the middle of the football field not knowing what to do. So you know what it did? started running around in circles. God didn't know where to go because everybody's calling. There's always something out there saying, fix me, weed me, prune me, mow me, always something vying for our time and our attention and giving their opinions. And if we're not grounded in the wisdom of God, we'll be running around in circles trying to figure it out. Trusting God means that we put our faith in Him even when we have some nagging doubts and fears. It is okay, by the way, to question decisions. But when you get the go-ahead to pull the trigger, you go ahead and pull the trigger. Or maybe you don't like that analogy, but if you get the go-ahead to jump, go ahead and jump because God's got you. Proverbs 16.9 says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. See, on my best day, I can plan all that I want to, but it's the Lord who determines my path. I go into the military. I don't have time this morning. we got lunch waiting on us. I go into the military with a, with, a, with a plan to be an air traffic controller. I get in there, rededicate my life to the Lord. Two weeks later, I get a, my, my drill instructor comes over and says, Mizell, we don't have a spot for you. And, of course, that long story, I said, well, then put me wherever you need me because I'm not staying here. And I end up in a field I didn't even know existed, go to an Army base. There's where I met my wife. It's been married for 37. God, I planned my, plan my way. God determined my course, my steps. Only God could take a, an Alabama boy, joins the Air Force, gets sent to an Army base, and marries a Louisiana girl. Only God could do that. <laughs> See, that's what, again, in a man's heart, we plan our course. But the Lord determines my steps. You know, a truth that's sometimes hard for us to swallow is that God's greatest goal is not my happiness. See, we, we sometimes think that God is up there and His sole responsibility for being in heaven is to, so that you and I are filled with happiness. Not so. Now, the byproduct of walking in covenant with the Lord is that we are filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory, but it is not God's intent or, or, or single, singular goal to make me happy. Amen. His goal is to form Jesus in me. It's kind of like the, the sculptor who takes a slab of marble and looks at it and, and, and starts chiseling away. And, and, and so just for instance, they're going to do David, uh, you know, they, which is a famous sculpt, uh, sculpture. And so they like, okay, so you're chipping away. Well, how do you know, I, I, how did you get this? Well, I chipped away everything didn't look like David. That's, how, that's what God does. Everything doesn't look like Jesus, he chips away. He's not interested in my comfort, he's interested in my character. And, and, and sometimes, you know, our character is forged in the school of hard knocks. 
And God allows us to go through some pretty difficult things to mold and shape us to be the person he created us to be. Again, Proverbs 6.23, the corrections of discipline are the way of life. Don't you wish that wasn't in there? We don't, I don't like discipline, do you? He said, but it's the way of life. Our text, i got to get right into it. Our text this morning sums up what it means to walk in daily wisdom, and it gives us two Two key responsibilities. And I want to say this about responsibilities. There are some things that's his responsibility, and there are a lot of things that are my responsibility. See, there's two parts to it. There's God's part we can't do. And then there's our part he won't do. You know, we get too many lazy people that want to sit around and say, well, if God wants me to do that, he'll make me. No, you've got to take responsibility for yourself. You've got to do something. And so there are two things, two key responsibilities in our text this morning to help us walking in daily wisdom. Number one, we've ha- we have to learn to lean on the Lord. Look at, look at our text. Trust in the Lord. That's leaning. Now, how many know trust is a very difficult thing? You, you, trust is a very difficult thing. It's a very precious commodity. You lose trust, it's a very difficult thing to get it back. You can, but it's It's difficult. And here's the thing, we're called to trust in the Lord, especially in the face of things that don't make any sense to us. How many's ever been perplexed by what happened in life? And you're dumbfounded before the Lord, and you're like, hey, what's up? But, you know, you may not talk to God that way, but I mean, it's like, Lord, I don't understand. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? And, and, and the writer of Proverbs simply says, hey, trust in the Lord. He doesn't qualify it. He doesn't tell us if God gives you this, then you can. Tr-. He just simply says trust. Trust in the Lord. And I love that word trust in Hebrew. What it literally means is to lean with the whole body. I, I, I started to do this as an experiment, but I couldn't think of anybody I trusted enough. Anybody ever, the trust fall? <laughs> I'm at an age, if somebody don't catch me and I hit the floor, I'm in traction for a month. (laughs) You know, I don't bounce as good as I used to. I I used to bounce. I'm a thud now. (laughs) And it reverberates down every joint, (laughs) you know, and I'm not. But, but, you know, the trust thing, you know, where people get get behind you. Like, you know, my granddaughters, for instance, when they were, they're too big now because, you know, my, my oldest is probably right about here. Her jumping in my arms would be very, <laughs> I'd love it. I miss, you know, I miss those age. But I remember when she was small, she'd get back here and she would run. I'd stand right there. Sometimes wasn't even expecting it. And she would run and jump. And I, you know, then I catch her. That's trust. She trusted Pawpaw is going to get out of that zone and catch me. And I did. That's what, Hebrew, that's what the Hebrew word means. It means your entire weight placed on him. It's, it, it really means laying, on a, it, it means laying on a bed or something with confidence that you won't be let down. You know, I always think about the, par- the, the quadriplegic man in the New Testament. You know, when Jesus sneaks into town, they gets in the house, and they can't get him in to see Jesus. And what does his friend do? Put him on a mat <laughs> all four of them grab a corner climb. can you imagine they climbed the roof with this man laying on the cot now I know he couldn't do anything now, I used to joke with Sheila I said look you give me any lip I'm going to lock your wheels and walk away <laughs> I know you think I'm bad <laughs> humor humor is what gets Sheila and I through the tough times of life 
I'm like, I'll just lock you. And, and if you get one, you know, she got one arm paralyzed. And I'm like, well, if you get it, if you get it unlocked, you're just going to go around circles. I know that's bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> but ima- imagine how much confidence that man, he, he placed himself on a mat or they put him on a mat. He trusted them to lift him up on the roof and then to lower him down to Jesus. That's the idea of Hebrew. When he says trust in the Lord, it means with every fiber of your being, lay yourself on him. Place yourself in his hands and have confidence that he won't let you down. Do you have that kind of trust in him today? Here's what Proverbs 29, 29, 25 says, whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. That's powerful. Whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. We're we're told to have that type of trust and commitment. He said, trust in the Lord with what? With all your heart. See, God doesn't want half-hearted devotion. I think part of the problem with modern Christianity is we got too many people that have one foot in and one foot out. They can't make up their mind, and then they want to blame God because things aren't going the way they want them to go. God doesn't want half-devotions. He wants a wholehearted commitment. You know, being a part of the family of God was never meant to be a hobby or a pastime. I'm sorry, our culture today, the average churchgoer today is every third Sunday. That's a normal, regular attender every third Sunday. Again, I'm not jumping on church attend. I'm just simply saying there was a time when commitment to the house of God and the people of God was a priority of life. Now it's a pastime or a hobby. A committed Christian should not be out of the ordinary. Isn't it an oxymoron to say a committed believer? You ever know an uncommitted believer? I mean, it shouldn't be like that. We should be fully devoted to God. And and, and I did some, I I talked about some of the promises of God. We've been doing that on Wednesday night. And there are some if-then promises. If-then. If-I-F, then then T-H-E-N. If you do this, then this is what's going to happen. Here's what he said. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And then verse 5 says, and lean not to your own understanding. What does that mean? It means I should not trust my own rationality, my own reasoning. How many, how many like to figure things out? He said, don't do that. How many ever tried to figure something out that God has done? It doesn't make sense. It, you, you can't understand it. You can't fathom the, the, the mindset of God. Um, we, we, need, you know, we want to figure things out. But if we're serious about walking in the wisdom of God, then we have to fight against that natural impulse to trust what we think is best. Again, when it comes to decisions, pray and seek the peace of God. Because again, one of the present ministries of the Holy Spirit is to guide us into His truth. God wants to lead us. God doesn't want us licking our fingers, holding up to the wind to see which way it's blowing. He wants us to walk with determination in our steps. And the only way to do that is to tap into His wisdom. Now, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't use common sense, okay? Not so common anymore, but there's still a thing called common sense. God gives us that, but we should not lean to our own understanding. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to men or to a man, but in the end, what does it say? It leads to death or destruction. Proverbs 28, 26 says, He who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. Proverbs encourages us not only to seek the wisdom of God, 
but it also encourages us to seek counsel. How many know it's okay to ask somebody's opinion or advice? Now, now let, let me differentiate just for a moment. Opinions are like trash cans. Everybody has one. When I talk about seeking advice, I'm talking about godly wisdom. One of the things I love about having a multi-generational church is that there are people here that have, there are some that have walked with the Lord longer than I've been alive. That is a resource of people that we need to tap for their wisdom and their advice because they've walked it. You know, it's not this prideful, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt thing. It's the fact that they have walked through some deep, dark valleys. They have relied on God. They have trusted God, and God has delivered them and brought them through. They can bring encouragement to us. Seek advice. I mean, Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. A wise man listens to advice. So before considering a big project, we're warned to we're warned not to be a lone ranger. Proverbs 20:18 says, "Make plans by seeking advice. If you wage war, obtain guidance." So the first thing we have to do, and I'm, I'm going to move on to the second. The first thing we have to do is lean on the Lord. Second thing is this: learn from the Lord. Learn. Verse six says, "In all your ways, acknowledge Him. All your ways." One of the byproducts of doing that is the trust that you and I have with Him. It is a hard thing to trust. God's proven himself to be trustworthy. I shared, I've shared this many times, early service this morning. I was talking about when Sheila had her stroke in 2012. I, I, I'll just tell you that one of the benefits of walking in covenant with the Lord is that peace is available to us. And when you trust him, he will come through. Again, I, when I left the city that, that time, when, when, when I, we made the decision to come full-time as pastors of this church, I, again, that, the enemy fought me. And, and you know the experience. You've had the same thing happen. Don't do that. You're an idiot if you do that. And the Spirit always saying, trust me, trust me. I'll take care of you. You know what? God's honored that. I still to this day remember the last day when I packed up my office, put everything in my office in a box, put it in the back seat of my car, drove away from City Hall there on Irving Boulevard in Irving, Texas, seeing City Hall shrink in my rearview mirror, and the devil's over here, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. And the Lord's saying, I'll take care of you if you'll, if you'll just trust me. And he's been faithful. When Sheila had her stroke in 2012, it's a Wednesday, and I won't ever forget that day. It was Wednesday of that week after she had her stroke on a Monday. She's sitting in the hospital not doing well and not really sure whether she's going to make it or not. And so on that Wednesday, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm numb. I've been at the hospital from, day, from the moment she was admitted, and I'm, I've been there. I'm running on very little sleep. My emotions are all, as you can imagine, all over the place. And I'm sitting there all day long, and I'm crying, and I'm saying, please don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. You know, like, husband, I, you know, I just, I was emotional. I go to lunch, and I'm sitting at a Chinese buffet there in Burleson. I'm sitting there. My phone rings, and it's Dr. Michael Richardson, who preached for us earlier this year. I hadn't talked to him in a while, but Mike says, hey, I was praying, and God just told me to call you and tell you it ain't over yet. Had no idea anything going on. He said, I just, God just told me to call you and just tell you it's okay. Everything, it's not over. So here I am sitting at the, you know, I, I, I just need to get out of the hospital. I'm sitting there and I'm cry, now I'm crying in the Chinese restaurant. It's not because I got hot sauce. I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed. Go back to the hospital and it's not any better. And in fact, I think it was a little bit worse. So I'm sitting there and by the end of the evening, I'm sitting there and I'm numb. I've cried all the tears I can cry. 
And late that evening, I'm sitting in the corner. It was back when Hughley had the really small rooms that you couldn't even turn around in. So, <laughs> so you know. And so I'm sitting in the corner in this, what was supposed to be a recliner bed. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just overwhelmed, and I'm all over the place emotionally, and I, I couldn't cry anymore. And, and then I had that, that epiphany, you know, that little light bulb. And I thought, she doesn't belong to me. That's exactly what I thought. She doesn't belong to me. So I get up. It's probably closer to midnight. I walk over to my wife, who is unresponsive, laying there in the hospital bed, and I take her, her paralyzed right hand. I put my hand in her hand, and here's exactly what I said. I said, God, here's the deal. That's the way I talked to him. I said, here's the deal. She doesn't belong to me. She's yours. And I said, if you're ready for her, I said, I'll be okay. I said, I'll be, I'll be all right. And I said, God, I'll promise. I won't be angry at you. I won't curse you. I won't quit. I won't stop preaching. I said, the only thing I'm going to ask you to do is give me strength. That's all I'm going to ask. And when I prayed that prayer, if you've ever been out in the middle of the August sun in Texas and you've mowed or whatever you've done and, and, and you, you're hot and you go over and you grab a cold bottle of water and you drink it and you, feel, you literally feel it go down your esophagus into your gut, I felt a peace wash over me that just head to toe. It was a peace that is still with me today. Last time we were in Israel, we were leaving, Brenda, I don't remember what year it was. But anyway, we're getting ready to leave. It's like 1 a.m. in the morning in Israel. We're checking out of our hotel room. We're going to catch the flight to come home. And as soon as I get out of my hotel room, my phone rings. It's my sister-in-law that says, Mike, I just want to let you know, Sheila fell and broke her hip in Louisiana. And she doesn't want to have surgery in Louisiana. We're going to drive her to Fort Worth where she can have surgery there. Now, now imagine 12 hours of airport and flight, 12 hours in the air knowing that my wife is now being driven from Louisiana to Fort Worth to undergo surgery. I'm in the plane. I can't do anything about it. You know what? I still had peace. I still had peace. You see, when you walk in that covenant where you trust in the Lord, he gives you a supernatural peace that says everything's going to be all right. And see, we learn from God. He said, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. That means every detail of our lives, we're to acknowledge him. Not just Sunday, but every day. When we know God's heart, we'll never question his will because we know that, we, again, I, I told the early service that the Bible is not a, an exhaustive concordance of, of thou shalts and thou shalt nots. This book is not designed to, to be a list that you check off. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't. That's not what it's designed for. It is a revelation of God. And when you and I understand the nature of God, when we get ourselves in those spots where we don't fully recognize or know from Scripture what to do, he said, you'll know the character of God and you'll know what to do. That's what the Bible's all about. Let me ask you, are there any areas of your life that you hung up that sign that says, God, you're not allowed. I'll give you everything but. You, we do that, by the way. We compartmentalize our life and we say, God, I'll give you this part of me, but you can't have this part of me. I'll give you this desire, but you can't have this desire. He said, that's foolishness. That's foolishness. If you want to walk in wisdom, you've got to give everything over to him. He said, again, our responsibility is to lean and it's to learn. And here's the if then. If I learn to lean on him and learn from him, he said, then God will make your path straight. 
Isn't that great? Again, the imagery that comes is if you've ever been to Israel or seen anything about it in Israel, the, the land is, is very, uh, t- the terrain is hilly and rocky and, and, and you, you curve. and you. Again, that's, that's kind of the idea. And he's basically saying, look, life is like that. Sometimes life is going to lead you to the mountaintop where everything is going the way you want to. And then sometimes it's going to take a sharp turn and you're going to go down into some valleys and there's going to be potholes and there's going to be other obstacles. But you know what? If you learn how to trust in him, if you learn how to, uh, to uh, learn and to lean, he said, then I'll make your path straight. I'll take care of it. I don't know about you, but having, weren't you glad when GPS came out? How many, how many drives by GPS? It's okay to admit. I was going through some belongings the other day. When Sheila and I moved over here, we moved over here in, I don't remember, August of 90, I guess it was. I don't remember. We moved because we moved she worked for FDIC up in, up in Dallas, in the Addison area. I bought at a convenience store a little fold-out map. It wasn't a map, but I do remember those. It was a pocket-sized map that had all the major routes in the, in the Metroplex. And, and that's what we navigated with. That was before we had GPS. Aren't you glad now you can just go in there and plug in? When we were in Curacao, we did a mission trip to Curacao uh, several years ago, and, and uh, we went back down there to finish up our project, and we just did it on our own. And I just plugged in on my phone, and it took me wherever I needed to go on the island of Curacao. It was incredible. He said, you know what? God will be your GPS. If you learn how to lean on him and to learn from him, he'll guide you. If you plug that GPS in, it, sometimes it'll take you through places that you're a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> but if you keep following, most of the time, it'll get you there. <laughs> God's not most of the time. God's always. He'll get you there. I'm closing with this. So how do we make wise decisions? Let me give you four things real quick. How do, I, how do I make daily wise choices? How do I do that? How do I frame that? Well, well, here's the thing. Number one, you have to settle the lordship issue. Again, you can't have one foot in and one foot out. You can't be on one day and often. That's fickle. The Bible says an unstable man is unstable in all of his ways. So, so we can't be fickle. We've got to decide who's Lord. Either he's going to direct my path or I'm going to do it myself. There's no, there, there's no in-between. Proverbs 3, well, verse 7, uh, 3 verse 7 says this, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Don't think yourself smarter than what you are. God's already determined that it's not within a man to, who walks to determine his path. I'm not smart enough. He said, trust me. So I have to settle the lordship issue. Warren Wiersbe put it like this, and I love, what, I love the writings of Warren Wiersbe. He writes, the will of God, I quote, the will of God isn't, a curiosity for us to study, it is a command for us to obey. God isn't obligated to reveal His will unless we're willing to do it. I like that. It's not a curiosity. It's a command. So I have to settle the the Lordship issue. Let me ask you, is He Lord of your life today? Is He Lord of your plans and your futures? If not, be careful. That's borderline foolishness. Number two, The Word right here. The Word. Do you partake of this Word every day? Again, I've got to build on a solid foundation. The Bible, Jesus tells a parable about a wise man and a foolish man. 
The wise man built his house on a what? A solid foundation. The foolish man built on sand. The shifting sands of pop culture. He told that story because, again, it illustrates wisdom so well. If I build on the foundation of Christ and His Word, then the winds can come and the, and, and the storms can blow and beat against me, but I'll be all right because I'm built on the Word. You know, what principles and commands and prohibitions uh, are in the Bible that apply to our situation? Listen, I don't believe that there's ever a place that we get in life that God's Word hasn't weighed in somehow. We should never be confused. It tells us how to be a good man, how to be a good woman, how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife, how to be a good neighbor, how to be a good citizen, how to be a good employee or employer. It tells us how to manage our resources. It tells us how to treat our neighbors. It tells us everything, how to parent our children. Are you anchored in it? Proverbs 13, 13 says, he who scorns instruction will pay for it, (laughs) but he who respects a command is rewarded. In other words, if you develop an attitude, well, I know what I'm doing. I don't need any. He said, you're going to pay for it. How many today can look back and say, you know what? I was, I was foolish because I jumped into it before I really, yeah, I, I think most of us can. Number three, guys, come on back as I wrap this up. Number three, prayer. Again, I say that, but again, if we're going to talk about walking in wisdom, prayer's got to be a part of it. How do we get the mind of Christ? Well, number one is the word. Number two is by prayer. I've got to pray. I mean, let me ask you, have you prayed about your major decisions? Do you pray about them? Do you ask God to weigh in? Listen, I believe particularly to our young people here this morning, I think God wants to weigh in whether you date this one or not that one. I know I'm I'm sounding old-fashioned here, but that's okay. Because how many people ignored the will of God, down the road got in trouble, looked back and said, you know what, if I'd only listened. When my daughter... When my daughter got, and many of you were old enough to watch that exchange as my daughter grew up and got into the dating range, (laughs) age, that's where my baldness came from. (laughs) I'm just being honest. And, And here's what I used to tell my daughter. I said, you know, sweetheart, here's the deal. If you will write down what you're looking for in a man and you pray about it, I said, God wants to give you the desire of your heart. And I said, it's not my job to run around and try everything off, try every guy on like I try, try on a new pair of shoes. That's our culture. Our culture says, go out there and try as many men or many women as you want to and see what fits. And so how many's ever bought a pair of shoes because they fit in the store and you get home and you try to walk in them and they cramp your style? That's, that's it. I said, if you will write down and you will pray about it, and that was, a, that was the angst between daddy and daughter <laughs> for a long time. She goes off to college, and, and God brings in. I couldn't ask for a better son-in-law than what I have right now. Not at all. God answered her prayer. God answered her prayer. I, I'm just simply saying, pray about it. When was the last time you prayed and asked God to weigh in on the decision that you're facing right now? Most of the bad decisions that I've made in my lifetime were the result of me not taking the time to adequately pray about what I was about to do. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. And number four is this, and I'm going to close. Seek God the counsel. Again, in a place that has a multi-generational congregation, there are people that you can go to and say, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me out? 
and listen to their advice. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to the advice and accept instruction, and in the end you will be wise. I like that. Proverbs 19.21 says, May the, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. It's the Lord's purpose that prevails. My plans were to go be an air traffic controller. God's purpose was that call that he had placed in my heart when I was seven years old to be a pastor. Guess who planned one? <laughs> I didn't end up being an air traffic controller, but I did end up being what I was called to be when I was seven. He doesn't lead me just year by year and month by month. and day. He leads me day by, actually not even day by day. You know what he does? He wants to lead me moment by moment by moment. The Bible says when I get to that place where I don't know what to do, he said, then you will hear the voice of the Spirit saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Church, it's possible to live in daily wisdom. In our hurried world, I want, to, I want to caution you, and I, I promise you I'm closing. I want, to, I want to caution you by getting so busy that you don't take time to seek the wisdom of God. What's that song that says, what needless pain we bear? I know it's talking about taking, things, taking needs to the Lord or taking it to the Lord in prayer, but, but how, many, how many battles and how many, how many things do we go through simply because we, we just rush right through things thinking that we've got to, we've got to respond? Sometimes... Sometimes we need to pause. You think about Joseph. Joseph determined when he was young to not desecrate his relationship with the Lord. And so when he gets into that situation with Mrs. Potiphar, you know, when she propositions him, he had already determined beforehand that when I, if I get put in a, in, a, in a place like that, I'm not going to violate my relationship with God. See, too many of us get in such rush that we think we're strong enough in the middle of temptation to, to, to resist. I'm, I'm telling you, that's foolishness. We need to settle it in our heart now and walk in the obedience of the Lord. I want you to stand with me this morning. God's Word is a, again, it is a lamp. This series, this, this series is going to be very practical, I promise you. We're going to talk about all kinds of things over the next few weeks, very, very pragmatic. I mean, we're, we're going to get down where the rubber meets the road because, listen, we live in very confusing times. And, and today you've got just about every channel you turn on television, again, all 295,000 of them. Every one of them has an opinion about what you should or should not do or what you should think and what you should not think. I'm telling you the opinions of man are like trash cans. The only one that matters is this. And if it comes to governing your life and your family, you want the wisdom of God over the wisdom of man any day of the week. And we need to avail ourselves to it. There, there's no reason that we should struggle. Oh, I, I know that it's not popular. You know, the world will label you. Jesus said, hey, don't, don't marvel at that because the world hates me. It's going to hate you too. Don't be offended by that. It's just That's just the nature of it. You know what the nature is? The light in us irritates the darkness in them. That's it. It's a spiritual thing. Don't be offended by it. Don't let it get on your nerves. Walk in the light and maintain your integrity in the Lord. Seek the wisdom of God. This speaks to our young people, our children. 
they're going to school and they're being bombarded with all kinds of confusing ideas and ideologies. Listen, parents, teach your children at home. Don't just leave it up to the church. We do our best, but don't just leave it up to us. You need to, you need to reinforce the teachings of wisdom here. Wouldn't it be amazing that our children can graduate high school grounded in the truth of God's Word so that when, when they get to college, that no liberal-leaning professor can talk them out of their faith? Got to have it. It takes wisdom to live in today's world, and it's available to us. The Bible says, if you lack wisdom, remember what he said? James, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask, and the Father will give to it. And he says this, he's not going to berate you because you don't have wisdom. He said, in fact, God will liberally give you wisdom. That's me, God. Give me wisdom for daily life. Give me wisdom to that. There are things that we're dealing with today that you didn't learn in Bible school. There are things that we're dealing with today that we didn't learn when we were kids growing up or teenagers. There are things that they're facing. Give me wisdom, God. Help me navigate through these very difficult, challenging, confusing times. As we close this morning, I, I'm, I'm just going to close it out like this. I always, we always do altar time. If you're here this morning, say, you know, Pastor, I need God's wisdom. Maybe, maybe you're confronted with a decision right now, and you're not sure what to do. Maybe you've got those two, you know, you got the, you got the devil over here saying, you know, don't do that. And you got the spirit over here saying, trust me. And you're torn. I want to pray for you today. If you're struggling to make a decision, say, Pastor, I need God's wisdom on this. We're going to pray for you this morning. Or maybe you just need prayer. While we sing this morning, would you come? Would you just take that bold step and say, you know what? I need God's wisdom. I need God's wisdom every day of my life. God, help me to be a man or woman of wisdom. Go ahead. Jesus is mine. He's been my fourth man in the fire time after time. Born of his spirit. Hey Amen. You need prayer for anything. Washed in his blood. Thank you, Lord. And what he did for me on Calvary is more than enough. See, I trust in God, my Savior, one who will never fail. He will never fail. I trust in God, my Savior, one who will never fail. He will never
That's why 
sing that personally this morning I trust in God when the wind blows when the storm overwhelms just trust the Bible says cast all your cares upon him why because he cares for you do you believe that see that's it right there you got to believe that That's why Paul said, I'm persuaded. May God help us in the 21st century to be persuaded that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Walk in God's wisdom every day. Trust him to lay your path straight. And God will bring you to where he wants you to be. I believe that with every fiber of my being. I want to encourage you to stick around today, go out and have a hamburger throw a horseshoe, solve the world's problems. Love you very much. Father, thank you today. Thank you that you don't don't just call us to life and then leave it to us to figure out on our own. You've given us many, many resources to help us navigate through these very confusing times. May we be men and women of the word. May we be men and women of wisdom. Lord, may we caution and and, and resist the urge to jump into something hastily. But Lord, may we seek your counsel and others. And may we listen to your voice. You said that you would guide us through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. You said that you would direct our path. Father, for any of those that might be in the valley of decision today, Lord, I pray that we would still ourselves, be still and know that you're God and that we would listen to that still small voice to guide and direct us. May we be men and women who seek after wisdom, not the way that we feel, but what you say and what you've revealed. Now, Father, I pray for the activities today, the meal, just all that's going on today, the fellowship, the koinonia, Lord, I pray that you would bless it, strengthen our fellowship. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our lives here at Bethel Temple. This BT family, Lord, that means so much to me. And Father, I pray that we walk in that wisdom and that every day that we we get up in the morning determined to walk in wisdom every day. May we be an ambassador that's sent to the marketplaces of of our society, Lord, to shine light in dark places. I ask you to go with us now. Give us a great day today. And may we build our lives upon the firm foundation of your wisdom as you've given to us in your word. Lord, I pray that should you, Terry, bring us again the next appointed time. But I pray this week that we walk with a spring in our step, a song in our heart, Lord, that we walk as lights that shine in darkness. May others see and be drawn to you. I bless each one now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we all said... Amen. Thank you for being with us online this morning. I look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you, and I love you very much.
will never fail. I'm trusting.